I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. and welcome to Thoughts from a Hairy Head, the podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 146 of Thoughts from a Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the One Nation myth. Alrighty then. Well, I am back. I took an episode off a couple of weeks ago when I was on vacation in Florida, but I am now back behind the microphone for another what I am sure will be a controversial episode of Thoughts from a Hairy Head because it seems like everything that I've done over the last week or so has been controversial. But I don't know. I guess I'm doing my job by being controversial. Anyway. On Independence Day, I wrote an article for the Tenth Amendment Center about the fact that July 4th, 1776 did not birth a nation. Now, I know that's shocking to a lot of people because we all talk about how it's America's birthday, but it actually birthed 13 sovereign independent nations. This is clear if you read the last paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. Unfortunately, most people don't ever get that far. Jefferson wrote that the people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that they are of right and ought to be free and independent states. He said that the political connection between them and the state of Great Britain ought to be totally dissolved. He said that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all the other things which independent states may of right do. So, 13 independent states, just like Great Britain was a state. We're talking about 13 independent nations, not the birth of one singular nation. This isn't debatable when you read the words of the Declaration. Now, I got a lot of actual pushback on this, despite how clear it is, and that's because it runs counter to this prevailing notion that the United States is one nation indivisible. You know, because you've said that all your life, with the stupid Pledge of Allegiance. It is imparting and perpetuating a myth. The United States is not one nation. Now, it's important to understand what I mean by that, and I think a lot of people don't really get it. If you're just thinking about the general popular understanding of the word, you can certainly call the U.S. a nation, and that is how it projects itself to the international community. But nation The word nation has a specific political meaning, and in that sense, the U.S. ain't a nation. It's a federal republic, and there is a distinct difference. I'm going to read Black's Law Dictionary's description of the difference between a nation and a federal republic. A national government is a government of the people of a single state or nation, united as a community by what is termed the social compact, 
and possessing complete and perfect supremacy over persons and things so far as they can be made the lawful objects of civil government. A federal government is distinguished from a national government by its being the government of a community of independent and sovereign states united by compact. So the United States operates under a federal system. The states retain their sovereignty. The central authority in Washington, D.C. has very limited power. As James Madison put it in Federalist 45, the powers delegated to the federal government are few and defined. Those which remain with the state and the people are numerous and indefinite. It's a matter of where the power and the authority is. In a nation, that power and authority is at the center. In France, Paris rules over everything. But in the United States, Washington, D.C. is supposed to only exercise a relatively limited amount of power. Really what we're talking about here fundamentally is sovereignty. Who is sovereign? Where is the ultimate power in the system? Most Americans think that the power is in the people, as in all of the people of the whole United States. Like, it's all one big glob. Uh, And this is the myth that was perpetuated by Alexander Hamilton and Joseph Story and Abraham Lincoln and pretty much every nationalist since Uh, And, of course, the stupid Pledge of Allegiance. It's this idea that we are one people, all 350 million of us, or however many there are now. That's not true. That is not where the sovereignty lies. The sovereignty in the United States lies with the people of the states. And you can see this in the Declaration of Independence when Thomas Jefferson talks about the people of the colonies. The issue is, what is the primary and predominant political society in the system, and that is the state, or more accurately, the people of the states. The people of each state are sovereign and independent. They, in their sovereign and independent status, delegated powers to the federal government to create a union of states, but that does not erase the distinction between those independent political societies, and it never did. Look at the Articles of Confederation. They specifically Um, affirm the sovereignty of the states. Even when we get to the ratification of the Constitution, this was done through the people of the states. Each state held a convention, it elected delegates, and those delegates decided on behalf of that political society whether or not it would delegate some authority to the central government and join the union. It was not done by majority vote. It was not ratified by the mass of American people. It was ratified by the people of the states. This is absolutely fundamental and key. In fact, North Carolina and Rhode Island both ratified after the union was already established. Now, if this one people myth was true, then North Carolina and Rhode Island would have been forced to be part of the union as soon as the ratification went into effect. But it wasn't because it was done based on the political societies of these independent states. James Madison wrote about sovereignty and the ratification of the Constitution in his report of 1800. And when you read it, it is very clear that the states ratified the Constitution and the states are the sovereign entities in the American system. I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy passage because this is key to understanding America's political dynamics. Madison wrote, it is indeed true that the term states is sometimes used in a vague sense and sometimes in different senses according to the subject to which it is applied. Thus, it sometimes means the separate sections of territory occupied by the political societies within each. 
sometimes the particular governments established by those societies, sometimes those societies as organized into those particular governments. And lastly, it means the people composing those political societies in their highest sovereign capacity. That's key. I'm going to read it again. It means the people composing those political societies in their highest sovereign capacity. So who ratified the Constitution? Well, he said it was in the sense of that last definition of state. He said because in that sense, the Constitution was submitted to the states, the people of the states. In that sense, the states, the people of the states ratified it. And in that sense, the term states, people of the states, they are consequently parties to the compact from which the powers of the federal government result. So this is the bottom line. The United States is not one nation. The United States are a federal republic, a union of independent states. This is clear from the Declaration of Independence. The people of the colonies seceded from Great Britain as independent states. They ratified the Articles of Confederation as independent states. They ratified the Constitution as independent states. The independent states to this day retain their sovereignty in this system. The federal government is still a government of limited authority. Now, it oversteps that authority every minute of every day. The United States government is every bit as tyrannical as King George III's government. But that doesn't change the fundamental truth that the United States is not one nation. It was never intended to be one nation and it is only operating uh, as a de facto nation now because the states have not stepped up and protected their sovereignty. It's time for states to start doing that. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Harry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor, spread the word about it, share it on Facebook and other social media sites. Feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.mahari at 10thamendmentcenter.com. And again, thanks for listening.